0: If you like verse 20 more than the other ones I do too we'll start there next week and finish the thoughts but we're going to do as we do we're going to take the the Bible we're going to take what it says and we're going to try to understand it and therefore once we understand it we're going to try to be obedient to it we want it to change our lives in the way that we think. And so I I directed your attention to the language of walking. In the beginning of chapter 4, Paul had encouraged them to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which they've been called. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus who calls us out of our sin and, and into following him. We want to walk in a manner worthy. So if we're walking in that manner according to verse 17, we would no longer walk as the Gentiles title this morning is a walk that avoids. There will be a number of things in these short verses that we should avoid. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. She went downstairs with the children. And we had a great day. We went to track meet. It was a beautiful day for track meet. I don't know the last time. It was 80 degrees on my wife's birthday on April 10th. Praise the Lord it's 80 degrees who cares if you're sunburned this is great all right Uh, so we went out to the track meet we weren't going to have time for a whole lot because i had a busy morning and so on friday uh, we made a trip down to Hartville. uh one of the uh, ways to bless the burkholder household is with dessert in general and so one of my wife's favorites is the strawberry pie from Hartville. anybody fan okay oh i heard it amen I don't get many amens in sermons. Must have been the strawberry pie from Hartville that did it. Okay. Anyway, uh, (laughs) we're going with it. So we went down uh, to Hartville, had a great time, uh, picked up a pie, uh, just kind of enjoyed the afternoon, and we're coming back. And I'm sure this has happened to you at some point if you've been driving for a while, but we're on the road, and all of a sudden we see this car turn left in front of us and it is clear that this person has made a serious error. All right, this is not one of those stories where like I'm always right when I'm driving. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like we can get that way when we're driving. This is clearly a serious error. I do not have a lot of time at this point before my car is going to hit this car. All right? So what do I do? I go into avoid the accident mode. I have no desire on Friday afternoon to wreck my car, to wreck his car, or any of that, so I hit the brake, I lay on the horn, like, you gotta know what you're doing, and so I will give the guy credit, this is a young guy, he couldn't have been more than 20, and he is making his turn in front of us, he hears me hit the horn, and he kind of looks up, and he's just sort of chill, and he just goes, alright man, he gives me the two fingers, he's like, alright, and I was like, yeah, alright, terrible move, Terrible move. The good news is that we did not have to call the wrecker. I avoided the collision. We avoided it by probably 12 to 18 inches would be my guess. It was close. And so praise God that we were able to avoid that. And I I think uh, I want to use that. It was just a couple of days ago. I want to use that today. Because there are are all kinds of dangers in our current culture. And if we go throughout history, there have always been dangers in cultural messages. Let's not pretend like our culture is unique. But I want to speak to some things in our culture as it lines up with the scriptures today. And it talks about uh, the, the, the Gentiles and their thinking and the ways that they are. And so what we want to do is understand life apart from Jesus. If we're walking with Jesus, we must no longer walk, as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. Futility. It's the same word we see in Romans 8.20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Futility. Futility. What it means is it doesn't work. It's futile. To think about and to approach life apart from relationship with Jesus Christ, apart from the truth of God, is futile. It doesn't work. I don't know how it works for you when you go to the grocery store, when you're hungry, but for me it's futile. I'm going to come home with something I shouldn't come home with. That's what's going to happen. If I go and I'm hungry, there's going to be something with maple in it in my cart and on the counter when I get home because I'm hungry. Right? It's uh, To go to the grocery store hungry for me and not come home with something that says maple or dessert <laughs> is futile. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Doesn't work. And so, if you foreshadow just a little bit to, to verse 18, we see words like darkened and ignorance. And in verse 19, we see a word like callous, which all of these words, uh, futility and, and all such words, kind of point us to this idea that, I, hey, somebody really thinks something is going to work, but it's not. All right, so to live away from God and opposed to his principles, opposed to his word, it's not just a bad choice. It's destruction, it's foolishness, it's ignorance. If you're living today apart from a relationship with God through your faith in his son Jesus Christ, I'm not screaming at you, I'm pleading. Would you consider that the Bible calls those ways and that lifestyle futile? Would you please consider the joy and peace you can have by walking, on a path in relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul gave a reminder of Ephesians 2 about how dark that place is. We all start there. If we have a relationship with Jesus, at some point in our lives, we were just like this in Ephesians 2. We were dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins, in which we once walked following the course of this world. There's that language of walking again. We were dead in sin and trespass and we walked in the course of this world do we truly desire god's ways this is a great place for us in verse 17 it says the futility of their minds for us to check our thinking i had a friend who used to who always uh, would say and probably still does change that stinking thinking get a checkup from the neck up and i remember that about dan If you're listening to this, I love you, Dan. I love that. And uh, this is what he would say. So the question then in our minds is, do we really think about how to live our lives according to God's truth? What it says today is that if you don't really desire that, you're trying to do it your own way, it's futile. It won't work. You'll never really understand the grace of God, the freedom and the joy and the healing and hope that you can have in serving Jesus And others, the release of guilt and shame, the healing from things that have happened in your past. Without Christ, it is futile to hope those things will happen. Just try to justify uh, your own sin. It won't work. A mind for Jesus avoids futile thinking. Second, look at verse 18. It avoids Hardness of heart. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Now, you see the point that I put on the outline is at the end of this sentence for uh, for verse 18. I know that language isn't a whole lot of fun, but I want you to understand the tragedy of how this works. Darkened and alienated are words in this sentence. They are darkened and alienated. They are words in this sentence where the subject of the sentence is not doing the action. All right? Another sentence would say, the Gentiles experimenting in witchcraft led them to be darkened and alienated. In that sentence, the Gentiles' action caused the darkened and the alienated. What causes the darkened and alienated in verse 18? Well, Paul gives us a very clear answer in the way he structures the sentence. He says it is due to their hardness of heart. And so if we don't want to be darkened, if we don't want to be alienated from God, then we ought to check the condition of our heart. It's no mistake that the heart and the mind are connected in what Paul is saying. If you're weakened in your heart because of sin and you, you want to pursue your own way and you want to pursue what feels good and you want to pursue what feels right and you're weakened in your heart, then your thinking is going to follow that and you're going to do anything you can do to justify whatever feels good. Those two things are going to go together in, in our lives, but uh, that's exactly what Paul is saying. It's how your heart gets hardened. You're convinced that what feels good or right. You're convinced it's really right. And then you don't care what God wants, and your heart gets hard. When this happens, you end up alienated from God. You're darkened. You're in a very dangerous place spiritually. This language appears uh, clear back in Exodus. I make a lot of Exodus references. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. I won't. I'll admit that. All right? But we see uh, the word language of hardening somebody's heart in Exodus, and that person is Pharaoh. And you might wonder, now wait a minute, it says in Exodus, if you know a little bit about it, you might think, well, it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It does. Exodus also tells us that Pharaoh hardened his heart. I want to encourage you today, it's both. When we continue to think in our minds that we are right, And the ways that we have that are opposed to God are actually correct. We're hardening our heart to God and his truth. We're not soft to correction. We're not soft to worshiping the living God. We're not soft to a relationship with Jesus. That means we're not moldable. It means we're proud and we're crusty. And it's not going to work. It's futile. But what this says then is that our heart gets hard. And and we see The longer that we go, that God allows this to happen. There's very similar language at the end of Romans chapter 1, if you're a note taker. It says there that God gave them up. They began to to think and to worship uh, away from the truth of God. And they started to do all these things that don't make uh, any sense and are very harmful. And it says there that God gave them up to that. That's what happens. When we begin to think that we're right, we're darkened, we're alienated, our hearts Get hard. God is a God who saves, but He is also a God who will let each one of us stay estranged and distant from Him if that is indeed our choice. We need to hear this. Sometimes the Word of God throughout Scripture comes in a a jagged or a harsh word because we need to hear it. Because we're so much in a place of darkness or danger that we need to hear it straight and we need to hear it with a challenge. And Paul is giving. Straight and a challenge. This isn't going to work. You're going to stay darkened. And we need to hear this message from time to time. We need to be told this is the way it is. There is not a lot of in between here. A mind for Jesus avoids the hardness of heart because the longer our heart stays, the less of a chance we have to get right back with God. God will give us over to it. If you don't believe me, then pay attention. It's here. It's right on the page. Verse 19. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality. Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Their hearts are so hard to the truth of God that they have given themselves up sensuality a couple of specifics that paul mentions the rest of this chapter and into chapter five and six are going to show us some specific sins if you feel like today i'm harping on your specific sin that is a collision of god's timing and his word i'm not harping on any sin that is not specifically mentioned in this text there's going to be a lot of them we're all going to get challenged the areas where we're weak The areas where maybe we've allowed some darkness into our thinking are going to be challenged because Paul says it can't stand in somebody who's trying to walk for Jesus. This is an encouragement to us. It's a challenge to where we are. So let's get our hearts tender. Don't get your heart all hard and and put a fence up around it today. Take the fence down. Take the wall down. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to penetrate and do work in there. That's what we want to see happen. So let's take a look. I'm always going to teach you to read and learn and understand the Bible by simply looking at what it gives you. What does verse 19 give you? They have become callous. Sounds a lot like darkened and alienated. It goes right along with that. They've given themselves up to what? To, to sensuality. I kind of focused in on that. I, there's a curious word. It's not a word that we use a whole lot and so I thought, what does what does this word mean? What is Paul uh, talking about? Because he says they, uh, they've given themselves up to sensuality, but they're greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So let's let's see what this is actually saying. I just, I'm not going to lie. I just typed in uh, sensuality meaning of sensuality. Are right, you going to be careful making these searches? I'm just going to let you know that. All right. But the the, the English definition is. Um, pursuit of physical pleasure especially sexual the greek word aselgia, is a little bit stronger definition and this probably won't help you too much is licentiousness or wantonness its usage this will help a little bit more is outrageous conduct conduct shocking to public decency or wanton violence Lewdness. So the person outside of Christ who's hardened in their heart, alienated, darkened, sins in a way that pursues physical pleasure, primarily sexual physical pleasure, in a way that is greedy. Greedy for things that shock the public conscience, public decency, outrageous conduct. And I can say this morning... I didn't wake up excited to say all these things, but it's true and it's in here. So let's deal with it. We can say this morning that multiple agendas are in play in our society in the United States of America that are not consistent with walking, verse 1 of chapter 4, in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Many agendas are in line with verse 17, the futility of their minds. There is biblical foundation. As Paul calls out and names sensuality, the pursuit of physical pleasure, primarily sexual pleasure, if he calls that out, then we would have biblical foundation to address things that are happening by agenda being put in front of us that are not consistent. They actually go against God's word. And what we see is the, the thinking of the Gentiles. And we have to call these things as futile. No. Free sex outside of marriage is not glory. The pursuit of images of people on our phones or on our computers, pornography, masturbation, these things are not glory. They are promoted in our culture as glory. Parents, if your child is 11, statistics say they have already encountered pornography. 11. And I will go back to my usage of the word people. They're human beings. If you're looking at people on your screens and finding enjoyment in that, it's somebody's sister. It's somebody's son. It's somebody's daughter. It's futile. It'll bring you pleasure for a moment, and then it'll evaporate in guilt and shame. They don't satisfy. It's futile. They promise freedom and joy, but they leave us in chains of slavery. Instead, these values are are, are consistent with people who want to be their own God. We want to be in charge of our own pleasure, do things the way that we want to do them, rather than submitted to the real God. Submission to pleasing people is actually slavery. It'll never lead anywhere and it'll keep you in chains. Real freedom is found in submission to Jesus. A mind for Jesus avoids futile thinking. It avoids a hardening of our heart that leaves us darkened and alienated. It avoids impurity. In our lives. We want these words to be a correction, a direct challenge to what we see going on in our media, in our government, in our world, in in our culture. Do you like verse 20 yet? It's not the way you learned Christ. I love Paul. I love reading him. I love his love for people. I love his love, to uh, his ability to not pull any punches, but to bring it right back to what matters. And that's to Jesus. uh, And and I want to give some guidance here. uh, A a mind that that, uh, avoids. We avoid thinking that people are hopeless. You could read these things about impurity and and some of the sins that are uh, in the rest of four and five, and all those and we could and we could feel very hopeless. We could feel dark everybody's alienated, nobody has any hope. And it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of discernment. but Paul, in verse 20 says, that's not the way you learn Christ. And I'm going to start in verse 20 next week and we're going to go forward. And we're going to see some some healthy instruction uh, in ways in which we can do this. Now, uh, I'm going to put up a, a chart, and the, the point of this, I'm just going to put it up. I'll, I'll begin to let you uh, let you experience this with your eyes. And I'll walk through this so you can listen and you can hear uh, the contrast. There are things in knowing that Paul makes a category of Gentiles who are not walking in Christ's ways. You no longer walk that way, futile, dark, and alienated, the things we've been talking about this morning. All right? There are things that we should do in response when we are having these own issues ourselves or when we're trying to work with somebody who is, who is in that mindset. There are also things that we don't do. And this is my attempt to encourage your thinking. Because the thinking will be in tension for us really throughout the rest of the letter of Ephesians. The, the rest of the studies that we will have. There's a, I can't give every specific. I, I can't do that. I, I've tried generally here. And I want to just talk through this. I don't want us to think people are hopeless. Paul certainly doesn't. Christ certainly doesn't. But we can't understand the glory of Jesus without understanding how cr- incredibly dark. sin really is all right so how can we avoid thinking people are homeless while still holding to the standards that clearly paul is pointing the ephesian readers to uphold all right so a yes a yes is love people love somebody who expresses desires or thoughts outside of biblical boundaries love them meet them where they are try to understand them be ready though to be firm and to say hard truth no we we it's not true that we must agree And affirm every single thing in that person's lifestyle. It means that we can listen. It means that we can be there. It means that we can uh, give them a a burger if that's what they want. And let's have a a coffee or a milkshake or something. And let's talk about life and connect as human beings who need the grace of God. So the yes is that we love people like we love people. The no is no. I, I can't agree and affirm every single thing that's out there because the Bible has standards. You'll see some more of that on our yes side. Yes, we all need grace. We want to say that repeatedly. You're never going to meet anybody who needs grace more than you do. We all need the grace of Jesus. We're all darkened in our sins. Ephesians chapter 2, go back and read how awful we were in our sinful state before we came to Christ. So there's hope. If you feel the, the heaviness of the darkness in your life, yes, there's hope and there's grace. Freely God will give it to you through faith in Christ. That's why Jesus died. That's why he was put in a tomb. That's why he rose from the dead. And so we want to say grace. We want to point people to that and to establish that common ground. But no, in those conversations, we won't overlook somebody's pain. We won't leave a label on them that they think this or they are a this, a fill in the blank. If you meet somebody who is addicted to drugs, or if you meet somebody who's addicted to sex, or if you meet somebody who has this problem or that problem and they're in therapy for this or therapy for that, that label doesn't stay. The world of pain underneath there can so easily be ignored by slapping a label on somebody. Yes, we all need grace. No, let's not overlook the pain that has led to the current state of where somebody is. Let's not overlook that. Yes, yes. God has standards. Yes, we will say that God has standards when it comes to what we do with our bodies in pursuit of pleasure. Yes, and a million times we will say yes, and we affirm life, and we affirm purity. Yes, we will say those things. No, we will not expect nonbelievers to automatically begin to act like believers. There is depth. I mentioned uh, put that up with pain. There is a lot of guilt and shame and hardness and pride and sometimes it's not going to change. Sometimes it will. But just because we believe God has standards doesn't mean that we should automatically expect non-believers to start acting like believers. That's not realistic and it's not what Paul calls for when he writes and challenges the church. Yes, we want to speak out for our biblical values. Call your senator and tell him the Equality Act is garbage. Call him up. Say it on your social media. Stand for what is right. Use your voice. Fine. Please. We need people speaking for truth and biblical morals. We represent our values in the public square. Speak out for those. No. No. I'm not going to expect the media and the government to be my friend and the agent by which the kingdom of God is going to be ushered into this world. No. No. If we were dropped into the church in 100 A.D., (laughs) we would have a whole different view of the development of the kingdom of God. The government was not their friend. They didn't have a whole lot of media. We have to understand our cultural context. If the media gives us a little bit of help, great. We get some moral programming, uh, great. We have some options, great. We want to speak to those things, but we can't, we can't get ourselves so wrapped up into thinking that, that media and government are going to be the ones that usher in the kingdom of God. No, we don't do that. Yes, we share the gospel. It's the only thing that sets people free from their sin. It's the only way to realize that Jesus is the king of your life, and it's the only way to find freedom. Is to give up control and repent and turn from your sin. No, I'm not interested in behavior modification, because all that is is human effort, and what does Paul call it? He calls it futility. It doesn't work. Now, somebody who's cleaned up on the outside may be a little bit easier to work with. Absolutely. Hey, there's clarity in communication. We talk, we have a better conversation. If you're not on something or under the control of a substance... Or, hey, if you're willing to to come and talk about some of your pain, we can talk about some of those things. That makes it great, but I'm not interested in behavior modification. All that is is another road that leads to hell. It's our self-effort. When we trust God, we trust Jesus. He's the one. We have learned Christ. Verse 20. I hope that you're going to cheat and look ahead. I hope you're going to look ahead and be encouraged and see the wonderful things that we're going to see Uh, As the challenges keep coming, uh, Paul will always take us back to Christ. Yes, there is grace. Yes, there is forgiveness. Yes, there is faith and change and hope and healing. But in order to have those things through faith in Jesus Christ, we must turn away. We must admit that we are darkened and alienated and that we need the help of God to walk the path that he has for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a challenge. It's not just a good option. It's life or death. Who's the Lord today? Jesus? The one who rose from the dead? The one who died for the forgiveness of the sin of anybody that would turn to him? Or is it you and your way? And the way that feels good and feels right and seems good to you and everybody else? It's an either or. It's not a both and. You've been a believer a long time today. I want to challenge you. Our hearts can get hard. We need to hear that. We can drink in some of this stuff unwittingly and begin to think in ways that are contrary to Scripture. We want to have the Holy Spirit check our motivations, check where we are in our thinking and our love for people. How have we learned Christ? And how are we walking?